Sadie here. Sorry for the delay, though I don't suppose you'd notice on a recording. My nimble-fingered brother dropped the microphone into a pit of... Oh, never mind. Back to the story. Robert and Hal are on a quest into the riot and Hey, hi, and, and hello. hello. Welcome to Into the Riordanverse, a Rick Riordan read-along podcast where we read the books that aren't a part of the Camp Half-Blood Chronicles. This includes Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Heroes of Olympus, and the Trials of Apollo. Today we continue our look into the Kane Chronicles, the Red Pyramid, chapters 23 and 24. Professor Thaw's final exam, and I blow up some blue suede shoes. Hey, Hal, how are you doing? I'm tired. Aren't we all? I have life. Do you have life, Hal? Uh, some. <laughs> Hal, there have been some things that have happened recently. Number one, uh, last week after this episode, after last week's episode premiered, the, the Wednesday after, I had a collaboration episode with Fran from the Best Damn Camp. We talked about uh, the last Trials of Apollo book. Mm-hmm. As you know, I broke our one rule. GG. Uh, but that was fun, and that's been getting some good feedback. Um, and in other news, Hal, we, we got some good emails today. Positive emails? Yes, positive emails. Oh. So I have three here. First, we have uh, from Sammy. He says, Dear Hal and Robert, thank you for this podcast. I greatly enjoyed it. And honestly, the episodes with Hal's audio being bad was more bearable than you think. If you want, someday you can redo them. My question is, with the announcement of the Kane Chronicles getting a Netflix movie series, will this be something you will talk about in the future? I really hope the movie does the books justice, mainly with correct casting. Remember kids, Sadie is white passing, not white. Her father was black and her mother was white. Thanks once again, from Sammy. Someone gets it. I I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for writing into the podcast, Sammy. Uh, How, when the Kane Chronicles Netflix movies get made in like... 75 years you want to talk about them i'm I'm not against it there's your answer thank you for writing in sammy uh and then we have one more from er well we have another one from erica erica writes dear into the right inverse i hate it Mm -hmm. uh so robert has the meme page on twitter and instagram great memes by the way they're they're not great but thank you (laughs) but why is hal so against having social media it's not super horrible if you only interact with only one side of it in this case percy jackson contact into the nothing verse would be a great Twitter handle. But in all seriousness, now that you guys are halfway through the first book, who's your favorite character so far? Mine is Zaya. I hope you guys keep making the podcast for a long, long time from Erica. Alright, so which which part of this question am gonna am I gonna answer first? Uh start with why you don't like social media. <laughs> okay, because I have very poor impulse control. <laughs> so I can't just interact with just one part of social media. I would probably have to shut down my account at some point because i would probably blame somebody and i'd like to keep the facade that i am a nice person so i made the choice long ago not to make any social media so what you're telling me is you would get canceled 
Uh, pro- probably, but not for like horrible reasons. Like I'm not a creep or anything like that. It's just, you know, I'd probably say some very not nice things to people who probably deserve it, but <laughs> they don't need my energy and I don't need to give them my energy. So, I, I mean, I will say into the nothing verse is a great Twitter handle. Honestly. Um, and let's see, favorite character. Who's your favorite character? I know who your favorite character is so far. Isn't it Bost? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely is Bost. Pardon the pun, but she is my spirit animal. <laughs> I think for me, it's probably Sadie. Sadie's Sadie's like a very close second. Yeah, Sadie started. Sadie Sadie is growing on. Oh, not Sadie. Carter's starting to grow on me too. But I wouldn't say he's in like my top five. He's he's less annoying than he was in the beginning of the book. So we yes. call we call that progress. And then, Hal, for a question that you have no context for, because um, you weren't a part of this episode, this is in response to the collaboration episode put out. So it's from Riley, who says, Dear Robin and Fran, also, hi, Hal. <laughs> Hello. I'm sure some, I'm sure someone probs told you already, but college over in the UK slash Europe is like the equivalent of American high school. As a person from Wisconsin, it's really weird that I know that, but probably starting in middle school and carrying through college, I was obsessed with that side of the pond and how different their and how different their normal is to ours. I have many European friends and have taken so much crap about calling school after high school college and not university. Also, Wisconsin has stupid ass standardized exams too. They were called the WKCE test when I was going through school, and that stands for something. I just don't know what. Mm-hmm. We didn't get anything for above average scores, but they would tell your school if you were in the top scores of, in the state. So basically the state just says, congrats, nerds, and gave the school a gold star. Anyways, love the bonus episode and love that you guys are shining some light on the unsung heroes outside of the Camp Puffler Chronicles. From Riley, a.k.a. an actual adult listener. Oh, I'm an adult. Oh, spicy. <laughs> As opposed to the 12-year-old from last week. Um, But yeah, the... The American education system baffles me to absolute no end. So to to give you context, Hal, I was talking to a friend last week about uh, like schooling and testing and stuff. And um, for uh, Hal, you, you're a New Yorker, so you know about the terror that is Regents. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. And so we were talking about that and apparently... Uh, there are other kinds of like standardized testing in other states, but I think regions are the worst. Uh, probably the New York government system is very hands-on when they don't need to be, but that's yeah. another story. <laughs> that's another story for a more political podcast. Honestly. I mean, if we want to talk politics, Hal, um, one week from after this episode is going up is the United States election. Remember to vote. Remember to vote. Hashtag vote out the monkey. <laughs> Remember to vote. Vote early if you can. Or if you have to go to the polls, come up with a game plan. I highly recommend having an, an accountability buddy. Somebody you text or you call to be like, hey, I voted. Did you vote? You did? Cool. We voted. Let's get like some food and celebrate social distantly, you know? <laughs> but uh, please, please, please vote. Already we're seeing polls uh, from young voters, uh, early young voters are already far exceeding what they were in 2016. So just vote. Your voice matters. And with that, we can start into our analysis of chapter 23 and 24. Professor Thoughts at Final Exam, Hal, what did you give that? I gave this chapter an 8. I gave it a 7. Oh, Gigi. 
And what did you give I Blow Up Some Blue Suede Shoes? I gave that a 9. I love that chapter. (laughs) I gave it a 10. It was a beautiful chapter. I love that chapter. (laughs) So this is something that we haven't done for a little bit because I've been lazy, but here are some chapter synopsis. Oh, spicy. Carter and Sadie embossed land in beautiful sunny Memphis. In not a stolen, although questionably paid for BMW, they head to Memphis University. There we encounter our old friend Khufu, who wants to see Carter's mad b-ball skills, which Carter lacks greatly. They make their way to Professor Thoth's office, who decides that they need to prove that they can control their godly parasites. Sadie and Carter head to Elvis Presley's house to recover a magical item for Thoth. Carter becomes a lizard, Sadie overpowers two clay dudes, and our heroes find out that Bast may have left a post that was crucial to keep. I remember when it used to be silly, but this was actually like a very good synopsis. <laughs> no, pretty, it's pretty, pretty spot on. I know, right? I, it, I, I might be maturing, Hal. I don't believe that. Let's not, let's not get out. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> All right. So we start off with chapter twenty-three, Professor Thought's final exam. Hal, what happens in this chapter? Uh, so we start off, and she, th- she has woken up. Well, Carter wakes up, and Sadie is no longer a bird, which is, yay! <laughs> Hooray! And then Carter's like, how are you no longer a bird? And she's like, well, I thought about all that stuff you said about being human, and all the stories you told me about Dad, and it made me feel happy. <laughs> and on the inside, she's like, ah, uh, you unlocked feelings inside of me, and ugh. <laughs> but basically, she she goes on about how she started thinking about her mother in the same way that Carter had thought about their father. And that was a, a trigger, sort of like an anchor for her being able to return to her human form. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to point out that apparently no one on the plane noticed this bird transform into a little girl. And like... Those, those flight attendants are usually, like, up and down those aisles, like, all the time. So I'm I'm like, so you didn't notice there was a bird there at one point and now there's just a little girl there? Pal, I think you're giving too much credit to the people who uh, fly in, who fly in first class. Yeah, but I like to, I like to have, like, just a tiny bit of faith in people. Just, just a little bit. Again, Hal, these are people flying first class. There's nothing, there's no faith in them. I, I I guess. Um. So Carter is all awake and, and and I love how Sadie's like, "You missed lunch, by the way." And they're like, "You didn't think to wake me?" And they were like, "No." Mm-hmm. I love boss is like, "I can summon more friskies." I'm like, "Oh, she's such a cat." I love it. I love or it. Cheese sandwiches. I love how Carter just looks. He's like, "No, thank you." He just looks devastated after getting offered cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Sadie's like fine i have some pizza left over and he's like no no i'm fine <laughs> it's not that i'm hungry it's that uh i had a traumatic experience where the villain of the story almost captured my soul and so carter gives him like the quick rundown that boss is building up the pyramid and that almost is going to be used as some kind of pawn and they're like hey boss what can we do and they're like and boss is like well i don't know Set's going to be very powerful on his birthday and sunrise is the most auspicious moment for magic. So he'll be able to generate so much power just by himself, but like combining his power with the, with those of the other gods would be unimaginable. And then his boss is like a, a demon came up with this idea. You say, and Carter's like, yeah. So, or he like tweaked the original plan and she's like, Hmm. 
this this seems awfully suspicious. Almost like a spoiler is about to be dropped in. I shouldn't be spoiling this. <laughs> I mean, is is the spoiler that the main villain is truly not set? It was someone else the entire time. Um, set is the villain for this book, but for this, is, this book, this this is this is this is huge foreshadowing. This and the next chapter hugely foreshadow pretty much the rest of the series. Well, it'll be good to call back on this episode uh, a book from now when I don't catch the big plot twist and you yell at me that it was spelled out. You can't miss it. You 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 literally cannot miss it. Like how I think you overestimate me. I do, but like again, just a tiny bit of faith sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, Bus Bus pretty much says, hmm, he wants to be king, but this kind of power would probably cause destruction and leave him nothing really to rule over. It's pretty much implied this is probably not his own plan, but for now we'll leave that as that. And she says, you know what, you'll probably have to ask Thro about it. And then they're about to like finish their conversation, and in classic Rick Riordan fashion, they get interrupted with the flight attendant being like, are you finished with your lunch? And they're like, yep, we're done. <laughs> okay, little girl, I didn't see before an hour ago. Goodbye. <laughs> she was listen i have i've known people who have worked as flight attendants the shit they see they, they they just go back to talk to their little flight attendant friends and like dude wasn't there a bird in like aisle 3a and they're like right there was whatever we don't get paid enough for this honestly they truly don't so they go to like a car rental service once they land and Sadie's kind of confused as to how Boss got it. They didn't steal the car, but also she's like, where did you get money to pay for this car? I took a bunch of papers and disguised it as money and gave it to the person. And Americans are stupid, so they believed it. And they really have to... they really like, hey, you're in Memphis because um, there's all these white mansions, enormous lawns. I keep forgetting this book is set during Christmas, so there's like Santa Claus displays tacky 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 yeah how it just occurred to me that in a few months in two months it's gonna be christmas uh no i can't wait for this year to be over so i need it to be after christmas it's the most wonderful time of the year no it's not i so i'm just full disclosure i detest christmas not because of the holiday itself but christmas music i detest christmas music um, I hate you, Mariah Carey. You released <laughs> the devil upon us. Uh, this has nothing to do, this totally has nothing to do with the fact that I work in retail for like the last four years. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, retail. The, the, the only job I can think of where whatever music playing uh, stops being normal music like October 31st and is just Christmas music until February. I hate I hate, hate, hate Christmas music. Except for um, the soundtrack for Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That entire that entire soundtrack is a bop. All right? That Grandpa's is- gonna sue the pants off of Santa. That's what Grandpa's gonna do. <laughs> Grandpa's gonna sue the pants off of Santa because Grandma would have wanted him to. Okay, back to the book. <laughs> back to the book. So they're driving around and Sadie comments on a restaurant they pass where the sign says chicken and waffles. And she's like, Americans have the strangest taste. What planet is this? Uh Uh-huh. Fish and chips. Uh Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Listen, fish and chips is okay, but chicken and waffles, that's the good stuff. It's like every every culture in the world has some weird sounding food that's amazing to them and sounds like the worst possible combination to everybody else. Sadie being shady. <laughs> shady Sadie. So Boss is like, okay, well, if we're going to find Thoth, he's going to be somewhere where there's knowledge, a library or a cache of books. And Sadie sees a sign and she's like, oh, the University of Memphis. And Boss is like, good girl, you did it. And they start driving to the University of Memphis. And then Carter, Carter puts his brain into action and notices that there appear to be some strange looking people playing basketball nearby. And Sadie's like, why are you thinking about basketball at this time? And then notices that the people that are playing basketball are not people, but baboons. They are baboons, the sacred animal of thought. And it just so happens that they see a familiar baboon with a colorful, um, with a colorful bottom who is wearing a Lakers jersey. Who could it be? It's our buddy Khufu. I love how they even comment like, they had barely known him for a day, but it still feels like they recovered a long-lost friend. That's how I felt when I read this chapter. I'm like, oh my god, it's Koof. And I'm like, wait a minute, we only knew this monkey for like a day. <laughs> but the baboon is quite excited to see them and immediately starts trying to groom them. <laughs> so so I love how uh, Kufu asks them where they've been, but it's like all in one oof. Mm-hmm. And Boss translates and, you know... Sadie asks so the first thing that I like is that Sadie's like um, first off tell him that I've seen that I've spent the better part of the day as a kite which is not a flamingo and does not end in O mm-hmm. and boss takes it literally that's the first thing she tells him and then, he, and then she's like okay what else <laughs> he's like okay now where have you been and accor- according to our buddy Khufu he just when he got thrown off like the balcony at the at the 21st gnome he just went into the river and swam back but the house was destroyed, so naturally he just went to Thoth. Fair, but yeah, I like I like how Carter Carter is like, but but why are baboons under his protection? Thoth is the god of knowledge, and Khufu and Khufu is, seems almost offended by the fact that they're not they're not wise that he's being shady. Mm-hmm. And Boss is like, well, they're not cats, but they're still pretty wise. Mm-hmm. And then Khufu's like, well, I'll take you. I'll take you to Thoft, but first it's time to get your ankles crossed. <laughs> I was I, I was reading this and I was hoping so badly that Khufu would like play basketball with Carter and cross his ankles. But no. You got close. He got close. He just wants to see Carter's skills on the court. So he they formed two three two teams of three, one being skins, one being shirts, and Carter is unfortunately on team skins. Mm-hmm. which uh, Sadie is not happy about. Mm-hmm. And despite all of Carter's knowledge about basketball, he sucks. He's, he, he is trashola at basketball and proceeds to get dookied on by, by the monkeys. Yeah. He trips over his shoes. He catches a pass with his forehead. He dribbles with both hands. And at the end, the other monkeys are looking at Khufu like, "What? who the hell is this dude? He sucks. And they just leave Carter and Khufu alone while they go play the four of them. It's like, okay, you're not cool anymore. Goodbye. And Sadie is like, all that rubbish about basketball and the Lakers and you're horrible. And then we kind of stop feeling, we stop making fun of Carter because he's like, yeah, it was dad's favorite game. And it's like, oh, emotional backstory time. 
he that Carter can tell you any NBA stat, rebounds, assist, free throws, that the only reason he really cared about any of this was because his dad did. It's like, oh, oh, that's so sad. I mean, he, Hal, he's a Rick Riordan protagonist. You think he's going to have a happy life? You know, no, but, you know, it's still depressing to hear. Mm-hmm. And then Sadie's like, for God's sake, put on your shirt. Khufu, mm-hmm. take us to the professor. And they go to this professor's office, which, I mean, how in college did you ever go to your professor's office, like, during their work hours? Actually, yes. Not, not was it for, like, I didn't understand today's lesson, or was it, like, please, please, please give me an extension on this essay that I totally did not start? Oh, That's it was far. definitely, it was super for, please, please don't fail me, because, you know... I have a West Indian mother, and I would not like to get my ass beaten. <laughs> I think the only time I ever went to a professor's office was to be like, listen, um, I need an extension on the paper. And the guy straight up asked me, he's like, okay, if you tell me how much of your paper you have done. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, yes, tell me how much of your paper you have done, and I will give you an extension based on it. And I looked him straight in the face. I'm like, I didn't start it. And he's like, we've been doing this paper for two months. I didn't start it. You have 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the most bullshit 24 hour essay that I ever did in my life. I didn't even do it in 24 hours. I did it in like, in like three. I did it in like three and I got like a 90 on it. It'd be like that. You, <laughs> every college student knows that you you do your best work under, under a deadline. He, he low-key wanted to fail me because he was like, I really shouldn't take this. Like, yesterday was the due date. And I'm like, but you gave me 24 hours. And he's like, fuck yeah, I gave you 24 hours. Fine. 90, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so they go up to what looks like a broom closet, but Khufu points out that there's a stenciled name on the glass, Dr. Thoth. And they walk in, Sadie, of course, calling Carter Chicken Man. It's a story she, he should not have told her. <laughs> And instead of a broom closet, it's a humongous office. The main thing to talk about this office is that um, over in a quarter, there were a half dozen long neck birds, ebuses, who were sat behind desks like receptionists typing on laptop computers with their beaks. I wish I had this when I needed a project. I, it's like uh, the, the million monkeys on a typewriter will eventually type the words of Shakespeare kind of thing. Yeah. Six six long-necked birds on some, like, laptops will eventually write my final essay, and it'll be halfway decent. <laughs> it'll be better than what I could ever produce. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. So they walk into the office, and they stumble upon a lanky man in his 20s with an electric guitar. He had an unruly mane of blonde hair, a stained white lab coat with overfaded jeans, and a black t-shirt. Um, and the man speaks to Khufu, and he's like, Khufu? I've discovered something. This is not Memphis, Egypt. So I do like that little callback. And he's also discovered a new form of magic called the blues music and barbecue. You must try barbecue and Khufu. Barbecue is lit. uh, Barbecue is delicious and Khufu is unimpressed. So he just climbs up to the top of a bookshelf, grabs some Cheerios, which apparently were just at the top of the bookshelf and he starts to eat them. he, He probably was eating there before and just left the box up there smart smart uh smart uh baboon that man is he's not a man he's a baboon <laughs> but you notice that um throth adjusts them as isis and horus yeah he's like you have new bodies and they're like well we're not 
we're not Isis and Horus, and he's like, ah, yeah, of course. You're just trying to share the body. That's not going to work out well. <laughs> and he's like, well, we're not the goddess. We're not the god and goddess, and we are assuming that you're a throne. And he's like, what? I'm offended. Of course, who who doesn't know who I am? I'm also called Jahudi, and I'm like, oh, that that sounds like a that sounds like a black girl name, but <laughs> <laughs> tell me you can't see a black girl with that name. I can definitely see a black girl with that name. <laughs> but anyway, back back from being offensive, the Grecians the Grecians are the ones who gave him the name Thra, but in in Egyptian, apparently his name is is Jahudi. That the, he notes that the the Greeks often confused him with the god Hermes, and basically it heavily implies that um he has he has met Hermes, which yay crossover time crossover time. One of um r- one of the things that Rick talked about. So Rick Riordan, by the way, was in an interview with one of the other Percy Jackson podcasts. Uh, listen to the Half Blood Report if you haven't already. But in that interview he alluded that he might someday maybe possibly do like a story where like the three main book series all do like a big crossover to take on something and honestly the only thing i can think of like okay what would greek egyptian and norse gods take on and my first thought was like they would take on jesus oh no oh no we do not need that controversy especially right now especially (laughs) right now yeah, Rick's not exactly good at avoiding controversy. He's not a hateful man, but he just keeps saying and doing dumb things that I'm like, Rick, stop. Uh, you mean like the author of a certain other book series about a a boy and his a boy and his friends attending school? We don't talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> she, um, I, I, I'm not going to d- dive too deep into it, but she really dug a really deep hole for herself. Like, mm-hmm. damn, sis, stop talking. Stop talking, <laughs> please. <laughs> and much like Thoth, um, we're getting off track. So he's like, you claim to be Sadie Kane and you're not Taurus? Nope, I'm Carter Kane. What is that? And Thoth is like, oh, yeah, those are computers. Marvelous, aren't they? No, 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 mm-hmm. the birds. What are those? <laughs> They're typing something. They're like a short treatise on the evolution of yaks. And Thoth is like, my scholarly essays. I try to keep several projects going at once, which is my mood right now. How? Mm-hmm. How? Help me. I have no free time, but I do this podcast. I do a couple of meme pages. I want to do a TikTok for the meme page. You're you're you need to you need to relax. You barely have time as it is. And in November, there is that challenge to write a novel in like a month, and I want to do that. Oh yeah, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. I, I have the story in my head I yeah. just need to type it in a month 50,000 words, you know, no sleep mm-hmm. and on top of that I have another idea for another podcast oh, you're you're wildin' <laughs> I have several ideas I, have I told you about my idea to do a podcast reviewing Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide oh my god, I'm tired of you <laughs> and call it the definitive guide to Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide oh <laughs> but i hope someone doesn't steal that uh please someone steal it from me i i, I don't have the time to do it i want to mm. see it made but i don't have the time gg oh my god um so he's doing all this they have, he's having the birds type 
and you know they're like we need to defeat set and he's like okay this is just a repeat uh, this is just a repeat of last time i horus you're gonna kill isis isis you're gonna take credit for something i did i don't want to get involved with this <laughs> and then we get we get plot dump plot dump basically thought says that the reason why horus um became the king of gods was because isis pretty much tricked Ra into giving up the throne i believe it was to the effect of she stole some of his she stole some of his dna and turned it into a snake using magical hijinks mm-hmm. and was like oh no i am the only person that can heal you if only you would tell me your secret name and Ra was like there's nothing suspicious about this at all I- i'm in such pain i will tell you my secret name <laughs> and she's like haha got you now leave <laughs> got you now leave what i do like by the way is that thoth is like short version to avenge his father osiris horus challenge set to a duel and i'm like it's time to do i now imagine set as kaiba you've done this kaiba's birthday was like yesterday was it if kaiba actually aged as a real person he'd be like 42 right now probably look exactly the same Pretty much. And so at some point, Set was getting powerful and thought was like, Set stabbed that horse's eye. And he's like, yep. And then I made you a new eye out of Moonlight. The Eye of Horus, your famous symbol. That was me, thank you very much. And mm-hmm. then he cut off Isis's head and Sadie's like, excuse me, what? We did what? Uh, and then, uh, oh, this whole time that they're arguing, Isis is like talking in Sadie's head and apparently Thoth can hear her. Well, yeah, it makes it makes sense that gods can hear each other. That doesn't surprise me one bit. So then they're like, "Yeah, Horus cut off her head," and Isis is like, "I got better." And Thoth is like, "Cause I healed you, Isis." <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; I read it the first time. I'm like, "Only because I healed you, sis." <laughs> uh, and yes, Carter, Horus, whatever you call yourself, you were so mad you cut off her head, and they're just like, "If you start a fight with the Red Lord, beware." He'll use chaos to turn you guys against each other again. And Isis and Sadie's head is like, nah, we'll defeat him. Thoth is just jealous. Mm. I love how petty they are. I love it. Oh, I love that when they talk about the secret name, Sadie's like, secret name, like Bruce Wayne. And Thoth is like, no, no, you idiot. No. I mean, Everything kind is- of. I mean, kind <laughs> of, if you think about it, kind of, but. <laughs> Everything in creation has a secret name, Thoth said. Even gods. To know as being secret name is to have power over that creature. Isis promised that with Ra's secret name, she could heal him. Ra was in so much pain, he agreed. And Isis healed him. But then she was also like, yeet, get out. <laughs> and I love how there was a moment where Thoth asks Sadie, like, hey, you, you say you wouldn't do this bad thing, but are you sure you wouldn't do it to save your family? To Even if it upsets the balance of the cosmos? And Sadie has to think for a second and be like, would I do that? And then she has another panic attack. She's like, wait a minute, are these thoughts mine? And so at the end, after her panic attack, she's like, Carter, hand Thoth the book. Thoth, we need your help. You wrote this, right? And um, she, and he's like, Ugh, I hate reading my old work. Look at this Same. sentence. I'd never write it like this. Same. Red pen. Does anyone have a red pen? Same. And Isis inside of Sadie's head is like, let me cast a fireball. Let me just cast one fireball. And I'm like, you can't cast Fireball in an enclosed area because then you kill everyone. (laughs) 
That's a D&D joke that I made 10 episodes ago. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, Set is about to destroy North America at the very least, and millions of people will die. And will you help us? And Thoth is like, hmm, interesting that you need my help. What do you think of your father who put you in this position? Why did he put you in this position? And she almost like says to bring back our mom. And she's like, no, 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 that's not right. Uh, my mom saw the future. Something bad was coming. And I think she and dad were trying to stop it. And she's like, they needed the power of the gods. And Thoth is like, yeah, but that's illegal by, uh, by the house of life. A law that I convinced Iskander to make, by the way. And she's like, well, I think my mom convinced Iskander that the rule was wrong. And that maybe he couldn't say it publicly, but she made him change his mind. Whatever is coming, it's so bad that gods and mortals are going to need each other. Thoth is like, what is coming? The rise of Set? And he's like, fine, I'll help you, but only if you pass my test. And they're like, what? A test? Sure. And Carter's like, a test? Yeah, sure, we accept. And so he's like, hold on, cowboy. (laughs) He's like, slow your roll. And Thoth just takes Carter's word. He's like, wonderful, there's an item of power I require from from a magician's tomb. Bring it to me. What magician's tomb? And then Thoth doesn't answer. He just draws a piece. Uh, he just takes a piece of chalk and draws a portal, which is such a chalk zone vibe. <laughs> I've watched chalk zone a thousand years. Oh my god. Hey Hal. What? There are twelve year olds listening who don't know what chalk zone is. Uh... <laughs> right into the podcast if you're like under the age of fifteen and you know what chalk zone is. No googling. Please. O- only Please. if you know from memory. No googling. And Sadie is like, "How did you do that?" Boss said we couldn't summon portals during demon days. And Thoth is like, yeah, mortals can, but I'm a god, a god of magic. So, um, yeah, I did this. If you succeed, we'll have barbecue. And then the darkness swallows them and Thoth's office disappears. This is some Twilight Zone Like, really, there's that door coming at you in, like, the introduction. Yep. Which leads wonderfully into chapter 24. I blow up some blue suede shoes. If the title did super did not give it away and our synopsis did not super give it away, we're we're going to Graceland. Yep. So they go to Graceland and um <clears throat> Carter's like, This is Graceland. It's one of it's home to the most famous musician in the world. And Sadie's like Michael Jackson, and Carter's like, Nope, Elvis. And hard, hard stop. I do not think Elvis is the most famous musician of all time. Um, he is actually higher up on the list than michael jackson is i forget the list of like best-selling artists but elvis is still like extremely high up there like i think i think the last time i looked he was one of be like the best-selling artists of all time Uh, today i learned um that list might have changed more recently because it's been like a minute Mm -hmm. ah yeah the beatles I I i always forget the beatles are higher up than he is yeah, it's that makes the Beatles, sense. It's the Beatles, Elvis, then Michael Jackson is literally right under him. <laughs> Damn. Um, so this is so Graceland is the mansion that uh, Elvis lived at. Lived at. It's where he lived and where he died. Yep. Uh, they're wondering why there's no security around, and they're and Carter's like, I don't know, Christmas holidays. There's no security. There's no people. That makes no sense. And then she's like, well, maybe it's like what Zaya did at Luxor. Maybe she just cleared everyone. Or maybe Thoth just cleared everyone out. Or maybe there are antics afoot. <laughs> so they walk up to Elvis's house and they share this. And Carter is like, yeah, so dad brought me here. And she's like, oh, I didn't get to spend time with dad. And then we get a little bit of backstory into 
into this, he's like, my dad, uh, he like, dad loves blues and jazz mostly, but he said Elvis was important because he took African-American music and made it popular for white people. He helped invent rock and roll. I was about to say something real, real snazzy, but we're going to, we're going to move on. How the person who invented rock and roll was actually a black woman. Oh, it's like white people just love taking stuff from black people, don't they? I'll give him, I'll, I'll give Rick this. He said that Elvis helped invent rock and roll. And by help, I mean, he stole it. Yep. Isn't, 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 isn't history fun, kids? Hi, kids. Do you like violence? That's not in your textbook now, is it? No, it is not. Um, and so they're talking about all this. And then all of a sudden they see the two, two magicians following them. And they're like, quick, inside the house. Quick, to the Batmobile. I mean, that is an item of power, but it's not the item of power they're looking for. It definitely is not. So they start walking around Elvis's house until they stumble upon the jungle room, which is just a room full of a lot of, like, stuffed animals. Very tackily designed. Yeah. And uh, what I do like is that apparently (laughs) Rick wanted to really throw out that Memphis, Tennessee vibe because one of the magicians following them has a shotgun. (laughs) <laughs> instead of like a magic wand just, just shotgun bam mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so they're like well crap we have n- not much time um sadie you go look for the tro- you go look for the magical item the trophy room's over there i'll go distract the magicians and sadie's like what you'll die but carter starts running off and then we see a flash of green light and now carter is a lizard so no now now the two magicians start looking for sadie uh sadie picks up carter and she's like you you fuck dumb lizard why mm-hmm. why meanwhile Isis is in her head being like hey so if you let me take over you know just throwing that out there mm-hmm. I, can, I can kill these men and Sadie's like I mean that's a good option but no I don't want to do that instead I'm going to use I'm going to use my own magic and by using my own magic I mean I'm going to take your magic She's, she flashes back to something Zaya said uh, use whatever you have available so she's like, okay, so we're in a dark room. What if I made it darker? She's like, what if we were in well, what if we were in the Don't Breathe movie? Hal, this isn't just your normal everyday darkness. This is advanced darkness. Oh, I hate you. But yeah, the the dunderheads are dundering around in the dark, blaming each other, obviously. Mm. Uh, by the way, their names are Gerard and Wayne or Jared and and Wayne. And so Sadie's like, hmm, gotta use whatever I have. Hey, Elvis, uh, empty Elvis costumes. Uh, Your house is being attacked. Stop them. And uh, lo and behold, the empty Elvis costumes start attacking the two men. (laughs) The suits pull up. (laughs) Can you, um, I would shit myself if I just saw an empty suit, like sprinting towards me. (laughs) (laughs) No, what's actually hilarious is that these suits have any kind of, like, strength at all. Yeah, they're just empty suits. But um, while they're wrapped around, like, the guys, Sadie starts looking around. She's like, oh, it's a glass-encased flame at the top, and it was heaped for flowers. And she's like, the magician's tomb. And as as Sadie approaches the tomb, the two men come after her. And uh, Sadie, in all of her infinite wisdom infinite wisdom is like hmm wait i have rope what if i threw the rope at the man <laughs> and then the monster that was with them like 
he turns the staff into a Komodo dragon. Oh yeah, there was that. I, I just completely skipped over that. You super did. That's why I'm like, wait, hold up. <laughs> but yeah, he throws this. He throws the staff at her, and it turns into a Komodo dragon, the size of a London taxi cab. <laughs> I love that comparison. The dragon predictably tries to eat her, and she's like, "What if I put my staff in in its mouth?" <laughs> and just had it expand and kill it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is this is the part where she steals. She starts stealing stealing energy from Isis, and uses it to increase her own abilities. And I'm like, ah, Sadie being the being the smarter of the two siblings. Mm-hmm. I love it. And so Isis is like, kill him. If he says he can still speak, there's like power in, in his voice. And, and she's, and Wayne is screaming like fire, water, cheese. Mm. The cheese command did not work. Uh, but Sadie's, it's such a power move for Sadie to just say the word silence and Wayne can no longer speak. Isn't it great? She, she tells, she t- she's like, wait a minute, I for- I'm forgetting something. And she's like, oh, oh yeah, my, my brother, he, he's a lizard in my pocket. Let me not squash him by accident. Yeah. And so she takes him out and she's like, okay, I'm going to turn you back into human. And despite having struggles um, turning herself back to human less than two chapters ago, she manages to turn Carter back into human. He's like, he's like, how did you, how did you do that? And she's like, um, not really sure. You just kind of, you, you, you don't, you don't, you're, you're not lizard. So I was like, you're not supposed to be lizard. And then you were not lizard. I, I imagined your ugly face and you became you again. Mm-hmm. And so Carter looks back he's, and he's like, holy shit, what'd you do? And she's like, oh, you know, knocked one out, tied up the other one, magic. And he's like, no, 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 like, th- th- I think they're dead. Mm-hmm. And she's like, did you, did you turn them into statues? And he's like, oh, oh, wait a minute. You're they're, they're, they're not, they're not real. Mm-hmm. We get we, we get the inf- the revelation that they are shopties. Yep, they're shopties. He's like, but wait, they were they were casting magic and talking, and they were they were actual people. And Carter's like, yeah, these are these are these are godly antics. Mm-hmm. When um, at at one point, like while they're looking at these two shopties, two yellow orbs of fire pop out from their lips and just shoot into the air. And Carter's like, well, Thoth is testing us, but also those balls of fire. Hmm. What were they? And it's like, this is just godly magic animating, animating the Shoptings. And so Carter looks around. He's like, uh, you, did you fuck up Elvis's house? And she's like, yeah, I did. And he's like, I sure did fuck up Elvis's house, but it's a good thing we know how to do magic. And Sadie is like, what's that word that Amos said to repair the saucer? And Carter's like, dude. This is a whole house. That was a saucer. And she's like, oh, I remember. Hainim! And the house the house goes back to goes back to normal. And she has I super exerted myself. So I'm gonna go go wibbly wibbly on my feet now. And Carter's like, You you dummy. Why why did you do this? And they're and like, she's I'm fine. Yeah. And then Sadie's like, but we haven't found the magical item and thought and Carter's like, Yeah, it's right, it's right over here. He's like, it's totally obvious, not obvious necklace. Mm-hmm. It's an Ankh, the Egyptian symbol for eternal life. And attached to it is a scroll that has an image of a cat cutting off the head of a snake, which is super, super, not only backstory, but super, super spoilers. Mm-hmm. 
it's the cat of Ra fighting the sun god's main enemy, Aphophis. And that's like the snake. Aphophis is the embodiment of chaos, which is what Nuts said. And Carter's like, yeah, so Aphophis is worse than Set. The Egyptians thought that Doomsday would come when Aphophis ate the sun and destroyed all creation. And Sadie's like, but the cat killed it. And Carter's like, oh, the cat didn't kill it so much as they were kind of locked in eternal combat because the cat couldn't kill it. And then we get the revelation that the cat is probably, based on appearances, bossed. But yeah, if you if you do a little reading into it, basically Ra locked Bast and Aphios in, I think it was like the Duat, and they were locked in eternal combat where they were just killing each other over and over. And then that ended when their mother did an oopsie. Whoopsie doopsie. <laughs> and the chapter ends with Sadie being like, come on, I got some questions for Thoth, and then I'm going to punch him in the beak. Mm-hmm. I just had the hilarious image of her punching him in the beat. Pa! And that concludes our reading for this week. Now, as always, and by as always, I mean, like, for the past few episodes, we have two new segments that I like to try and do. Uh, one is scrolling through the Egyptian ages, where I go over some of the key characters, Egyptian mythology, etc., that we were introduced to in this chapters. And we were introduced to our friend, Thoth is the moon god, and he was also revered as the god of wisdom, magic, music, astronomy, geometry, drawing, and writing. Ah, uh, he's the one responsible for geometry. Ah, uh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> how quick, uh, how do you determine the area of a circle? Um, um, look over there. <laughs> hey, where'd Hal go? <laughs> so one of his roles was as the secretary of Ra in the underworld. The god was generally depicted in human form with the head of an ibis, which is the birds who were typing on the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, the Greeks identified Thoth with their god Hermes and named him Thoth the Thrice Great. Only the kings and priests of Thoth were allowed inside the temple, and the priests would undergo ritual purification in a deep stone pool before they entered the inner sanctum of the temple. There is also another um, figure that was mentioned in these two chapters, of course, is our good old friend, Elvis Presley. And by good old friend, I mean I'm glad he's dead. I hope he's burning in hell. All right. Elvis Presley oh. was born... Oh, we're spicy today. <laughs> Elvis Presley was born in Tupelo, Mississippi on January 8th, 1935. He died on August 16th, 1977 uh, due to a heart attack mainly caused by drugs. Mm-hmm. His addiction to uh, prescription barbiturates. Fun fact, when you consume uh, a lot of barbiturates and you die... Uh, you poop yourself a lot. So he died mm. pooping a lot. <laughs> he is known as the king of rock and roll and not just for show. He was inducted into five Hall of Fames for rock and roll, country, gospel, rockabilly, and R&B. Elvis was a musician and a movie star. Some notable songs would be Jailhouse Rock, Heartbreak Hotel, Blue Suede Shoes, and Love Me Tender. All of those songs are like, okay. Good, they're decent. With the exception of Jailhouse Rock. I do like Jailhouse Rock. Mm. Uh, some of his more famous movies would be Jailhouse Rock, It Happened in the World's Fair, and Love Me Tender. Fun fact, one of his movies, Aloha from Hawaii, was seen in 40 countries and by more people than, than watched oh, wow. Neil Armstrong walk on the moon. <laughs> Which, wow. if I may remind you, was about 650 million people. And yeah, I know, right? Imagine being so famous, you, you just outshine the moon. 
He is also the second high, the second best-selling artist of all time, only behind the Beatles, allegedly. And in front of Michael Jackson, allegedly. Did you know that Michael Jackson married Elvis Presley's daughter? Yeah, I actually did know that. It'd be like that. And now we go into our next segment, uh, Consulting the Divine, where I, someone who has not read the Kang Chronicles or anything outside of the main Camp Half-Bar Chronicles universe, uh, will try and predict what happens in the next two chapters. So I think they're going to go back to the University of Memphis. Uh, They're going to give Thoth the magical item. Thoth will translate something from the book. And then I imagine they have somewhere new to go to. They'll find out a new location to go to. Um, I I really want Sadie to punch Thoth in the face. Mm. Like, just use up some of her Isis power. Be like, Isis, take over for a second. Kablam! All right, what were we talking about? Mm. Other than that, I think it's just going to be probably more exposition. Our usual, our usual fare. Antics followed by exposition followed by antics. Yep. How do you have any final thoughts about the chapters we read this week? Um, not at the moment. It, it was nice to sort of be presented with. Um, uh, I keep saying this every week, but I do like how the siblings are growing closer and closer together, mainly because they're bonding off of trauma. It gives us. It gives us something to to build towards. Yeah. I imagine by the end of the series they'll be very close, if not for how much they spend, how much time they spend with each other. At least for like the amount of times they almost got killed together. Mm. That does tend to bring you close. Hal, you want to get almost killed together? I do not. <laughs> Hal, you, are, thought... you are good by yourself. Hal, I thought we were friends. We are, but you can get murdered by yourself. Oh no! Isn't the idea that I just don't get murdered at all? Sure. <laughs> well, how <laughs> if we're do- if you have nothing else to add, I guess that brings us to our credits. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to get into contact with this podcast, there are several ways to do so. First of all, you can email us, which people are starting to do, at into the inverse at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your comments, your concerns. Hell, even say hi. If you want to follow the show on social media, we are on Twitter at Pod. I say we with quotation marks because it's, it's Hal does not engage with that. I, I'll, I'll engage with you through Robert. Exactly. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on the damn meme page on both Instagram and Twitter. Damn is spelled D-A-M. Hal, where can they follow you on social media? Um, thanks to the great name given to us by one of our, our listeners, you can find me at Into the Nothingverse because I do not actually have social media. Um, our icon was drawn by Ran Pakoka. You can follow him on Twitter at Ran Pakoka, R-A-N-P-A-K-O-K-A. Our wonderful theme music that Hal loves so much. Uh, I, I love it. I can't wait to listen to it over and over after this podcast ends. <laughs> was composed by Kobe. You can find him on Fiber at uh, fiber.com slash Kobeofi. It's linked in the show notes. All all the people I ever talk about are listed in the show notes, including how to email us, how to contact us, all that good stuff. Um, with that, I believe we are done with this episode of Into the Rioritiverse. Hal, thank you as always for podcasting with me. Of course. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye! Adios.